Vermont lifts your incredible income focus the end of the quarter. like this isn't over and i go well it's over now you're kind of dead <laughs> you're not gonna and we I started recording lost. and you didn't tell me now i look like an asshole Lindsay, we have now recorded hi everybody <laughs> i'm not gonna use Who the are whole you, Chris opening Hardwick? yes Jesus. i'm not gonna use the whole opening hello everyone hi everybody welcome again to another episode of top shelf Yay! Yay! Can we do that in the beginning every time now? <laughs> no. Oh, that was going to be cool. This uh, is the 54th movie on our list. We yes. are just cruising our way up we this list. We are cruising. Happy March. <laughs> Happy March, everyone. <laughs> We're still recording this in the middle of February. It's the 10th of February for those of you who are <laughs> Oh my God, it is only the 10th of February. We're 20... 27 days... days. No, 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 17 no. days. 17 days ahead. It's like two, about I'm an two weeks. art major. Math. Not a math person. Not one of those people numbers. Anyway, Anyways. we're on our 54th <laughs> movie, which is MASH from 1970. Yes. Previously, number 56 on our list has moved up to two spaces. Oh, so it's gone up. Yep. What did you think of the movie, Lindsay? Okay, so as I said on the previous episode, mm-hmm. I was afraid I wasn't going to like it because... I grew up with the TV show. Not, I mean, not with the TV show, but I watched the TV show as a kid. My parents both really liked MASH. Yeah. And so I find the TV show comforting and familiar and, you know, very much my childhood. And I was worried that since it's so different, thinking it was so different, I wasn't going to like it. And I really did like it. I like, we, what did we say? It's like the TV show just with different people. Yes. And actually less depressing than the TV show got. The TV show got depressing at points, especially with Hawkeye and and when he talks to Sydney, the psychiatrist yeah. on the series that got, yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously it's only a two-hour movie, so yeah. they, they didn't want to go completely depressing on it. But I agree, it feels like the TV show. Yeah. It feels... It felt like a bunch of episodes strung together. Right, like they took like 15 minutes. There's no real overarching plot. No. Except that, you know, they're all at this MASH unit. The only overarching plot is that Hawkeye shows up at the beginning and surprise, surprise, Hawkeye goes away at the end. That's the end. That's the, yeah. that's the only real overarching overall story arc of the movie but yeah otherwise it's a lot of little i mean they they play football at one point and then they go and they you know they have a whole subplot with hot lips and it feels yeah it feels almost like a two-hour pilot for a show or hey this is what we can do with a show now granted it's two years before the show ever came out yeah but uh, who are some of the people that are in it, Lindsay? Because Donald I think Sutherland, that's Elliot Gould, Tom Skerritt, Sally Kellerman, Robert Duvall, Renee Aberjonois, better known as uh, uh, as Odo from uh, Star Trek: Deep Space. For those of you who may or may not know him, for oh, well, other good things, to know. yeah, he's been, hold on. He's been in a lot. Of... I'm sorry. Who was he in The Little Mermaid? <laughs> Oh, he's the French chef. He's he he's does Louis. a lot of voice work. Does a he? Oh, he's in the Patreon, apparently. Voice work. Oh, sixteen hundred pen. That show was such a steaming pile of shit. <laughs> I didn't say all of his stuff was good. I'm just saying he's been in a lot of stuff. He's Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, he does Pepe Le Pew now. He he does a lot of TV work, a lot of shows. And he is not French. He's from New York. Yes, he just has a French name. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
Gary Burkhoff, who plays Radar on the yes, TV show, is Radar in the movie. Say, that's the and I think that's the that's the only uh, that's the only actor yeah. from the movie who carried over into the television show, at least portraying the same character. Yeah. All the other people are different actors. I don't even think it's the same. Like no, no one else is in the show. No, I don't because I didn't recognize anybody else in the movie. And as I uh, as I made a comment offline uh, off air, it was the this was the first time since I was little that I saw this movie. Actually, it's the first time I've seen the movie all the way through. I remember the movie being on as a kid because we had it on VHS mm-hmm. tape, but I was never interested oh! in it. So. so there's an actor in this movie named Bud Court yeah. who plays Private Boone. Okay. He plays God in Dogma. Oh. Let me show you his face. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Yes, I did, he not, plays, I did he not. He plays John Doe. Jersey, or Jersey John Doe, whatever it is. <laughs> Who's God? Interesting. Well, Alanis Morissette is God in Dogma, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, come on. It's Alanis it's Morissette. It's his vessel in, her vessel <laughs> in Dogma. So, wh- throw some supernatural terminology out oh, on you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's a good show, but fuck yourself. Explicit tag. <laughs> you realize. I'm in a really crabby mood today, so there's going to be lots of expletives. Sorry. I, I just, I just. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just in a bad mood. I'm over winter. This was my first day of being unemployed. Yes. As it's going up, it's been like three weeks, but this was my first you might day. Be on, you might be employed it. by then. Yeah. You know, hey, future Jeff listening to this, hopefully you're employed. <laughs> <laughs> future Jeff's like, no, I'm not, man. Sorry. That's what Vince Gilligan looks like. Would you... <laughs> I'm on IMDb. It's his birthday. He popped up. Um, what is the summary of the movie? This the, movie. The staff of a Korean War field hospital use humor and hijinks to keep their sanity in the face of the horror of war. Which is literally could be the exact same definition for the TV show. Yeah. Because it really is. It's the same, what it's do the they, same vibe. Let's see what they say about the TV show. The staff of an army hospital in the Korean War find that laughter is the best way to deal with their situation. Yep, same thing. I yeah, I did. I I liked the movie. I mean, uh, I do like the television. Only show. a seven point seven out of ten, but in seventy nine Metascore, and it's on this list. So user ratings aren't giving it a amazingly perfect score, right? But the 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 reviews. From the critics are giving it decent, decent scores. So it's actually it's getting like a C plus from both sides of this, both sides of it. Actually, if you think about I like it. it, yeah, it is. I, do, I like it. I liked it. I just what what was my summary? Oh, you're gonna ask me because I was the one that wrote the it mass down. unit is like. What did I say? The 4077 mash unit was like a was like college, except with blood and death. Because <laughs> it really was. You you watch like this all those movie. ways they like screw around and stuff. It's yeah. like college. It is just it is it is literally college. It's it feels like it feels like a like Animal House is kind of what it feels like to me. Where it's just here's all the weird crazy shit that goes on during college. Except oh, it's just taking place during the Korean conflict instead of you know on a campus in the Midwest somewhere. But like that's it. It very much so is. I mean them them. Uh, it is the four zero seven seven right? For, I thought the, it was that's the four zero seven seven number. Just making sure. You gonna look I'm gonna double check. Well, hey, while you look that up, Lindsay. Oh, yeah, you already did that. Yep. Let me do the awards for this movie. Since there is only awards, there's no technology because it's MASH. I can't go into detail about how they did the operating tables because that's just weird. So, okay. So this film actually had a total of 38 major uh, film nominations. 
It was nominated for, but did not win. How did I, what did I have here? Two, four. It is actually nominated for five. It is the 4077. 4077? Okay. I've I seen it enough. I thought that's what I thought it was. I thought it was. That sounded right, too. Uh, this film had five Academy Award nominations. It won one Academy Award nomination for uh, Best Writing. Screenplay based on a material from another medium because it was based upon a book. Yes. You're a lady. I don't uh, think I picked that up. <laughs> There's a little tiny I spike. burped in my sleeve. <laughs> I am drinking Coke Zero. Um, Coke Zero. Coke Zero. Uh, it was nominated for but anymore? did not win Best Picture. Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Sally Kellerman. Uh, Best Director for Robert Altman. And Best Film Editing. What did it lose to Robert Altman, year? by the way, yes, directed Nashville. Yes. Which we just watched. Which we just watched a few movies ago. I liked this better than Nashville. I did too. I would sit through this again before I'd Oh, yeah. Nashville. We bought my dad the complete series of MASH for Christmas, and it came with the movie in addition to all the seasons of the TV show. Oh, it came with the movie yeah. too? Oh, that's cool. No. That is very cool. I'm probably going to watch the series when I get home tonight. <laughs> or like um, over the weekend. The film that it lost to for Best Picture was Patton. Oh, which that's, I believe we watch. We will, yeah, because that's why I was asking about it. Because oh, I've seen it. My it, dad and I watched it a couple of Fourth of Julys ago. It also lost to Best Director for Patton. Who directed Patton? Uh, Franklin J. Schaffner. Uh, okay. Um, I don't know who that is. And I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is at all. Um, and actually, uh, it did not win to Patton for the lose screenplay. Or sorry, lose to Patton. It won for Best Adapted Screenplay because it's the adapted screenplay. Patton won for Best, best original, original Screenplay. screenplay. So, George C. Scott, yeah. That George scene C. where Scott, he stands in front of the big American flag. It's like one of the most, it's super iconic. Which also, he won the uh, the Best Actor Award, but he refused it. So I'm intriguing. I'm intrigued to look that up. Uh, I think it has something to do with the Vietnam War. It probably has something. So, um, and then I'm this... gonna look. I'm not gonna say tell why, but okay. what it was. I just want to look. And then also, the film was entered into the National Film Registry as of 1996. Good. So the movie will be. Yeah, preserved. it was released in 1970. My guess is something probably with the Vietnam War. Um. That's all that I really have for awards. Again, there's no technology for this film. It's MASH. It's not a really technical savvy no. film. But uh, did you wish to do trivia? And I'll look up the patent thing. Oh, no. It actually has nothing to do with anything political. Oh, he just... We'll get there. When okay. we get there. So, what were you going to ask me? What did you just ask you me? You want to go ahead and do your trivia for the film? Yeah. I'm technically done with the awards. Yeah. I don't... There's not a whole lot to talk about for when it comes to this film, so... So, in case anyone has watched the TV show, and I'm pretty sure you have, Mm -hmm. my guess is, for most of our audience who listens to the show. um, If you haven't, you really should. You really probably should. It's good. Um, So, the MASH theme song actually has words. The TV show is just the instrumental. The movie has the actual lyrics. The name of the theme song is Suicide is Painless. Jeff plays it at the end of this Yes, I do. So, the 14-year-old son of Robert Altman, Mike Altman, wrote the lyrics to the theme song, Suicide is Painless. Because of its inclusion in the subsequent TV series, he continued to get residuals throughout its run and syndication. His father was paid $75,000 for directing, but his son eventually made $2 million in song royalties from the theme song. Because MASH was on for, what, 10 years? Yeah. 10 seasons? It was one. It was one of the that not Mash, the, but... Cheers, and Friends are like some of the longest running 
like sitcom shows. I don't count like Law and Order and CSI. No, if you if you specify a sitcom, then that narrows it down. Because Mash was a, I mean, it wasn't a sitcom, but it was a half hour. It was a multi ish multi camera. It wasn't a multi camera though. Because a multi-camera would have been like Full House. And oh, okay. Roseanne well, still, it was on for a long but time. But it was, it was still it. Comedy. Yeah. We'll say comedy. Yeah. Robert Roman only because got paid I wouldn't say Cheers. Dollars, huh? I wouldn't say Cheers is a sitcom either. No, because it was well. Because see, there's that's the weird thing. I never really watched Cheers. You get into this. Frasier was on for a really long time too. Frasier was on for a long time. See, Frasier to me is a it's sitcom. sitcom. Cheers. Roseanne was, is a sitcom. Roseanne is a sitcom. That's also when Friends they started. Is a sitcom. They also started shooting those uh, a lot of those shows on not tape because that still would have been film. Cheers didn't necessarily feel like a sitcom to me, though it is. It's very much so a comedy show. I mean, that's the whole point of it. But it still was in that era of the '80s where the some of the like the the, the TV shows were had a different tone. Like it'd be it'd yeah. be more serious with jokes thrown in, whereas mm-hmm. later like normal sitcoms like Full House and Home or Home. You know what's weird? Like Frasier and Cheers look the same to me, filmed like you know film wise. Mm-hmm. This is completely off topic. Boy Meets World and Coach are the same kind of like film. Okay, you ever notice that? Yeah, I've seen that. I've noticed that. It's a weird. It's and it's like I okay, think it's Cheers the way is they, still on Netflix in case anyone's. Interested. I think it's the weird, just the weird the way they shoot it. I'm surprised. Coach Mash is, is also on Netflix. I'm really surprised. Mash is not on Netflix. There must be some. The movie is. There must be some kind of. There must be some contract that's gets keeping it. There off. must be. Like somebody's holding but, the rights to it. But what's weird is they show it on that those weird like my twenty four. Yeah. Like it's TV filler. channels. Yeah. It's well, because like because that means that weird pu- weirdly public domain things. So it's it's twentieth century Fox is must have sold this the yeah. syndication rights to that show. Just sells it like willy nilly because you know it's also not out on Blu-ray yet. You think a show like that would have been out on Blu-ray because it would have all been shot on film, so they could have they could have restored the the show like they're doing for the the Star Trek films or the Star Trek episodes where they're restoring the actual original episodes because they're all done in film. So because they can do that, it's not like it's going from tape to Blu-ray. It's going from right. film. They just redo the process or re scan the negatives to make them be the higher quality version. I'm surprised they just haven't done that with the show know. yet. Because you know people would buy it. You kidding me? I would look into buying MASH. I would look into it. wouldn't just be like, I, I think my it. sister and I paid 80 bucks. Word on DVD? Yeah. For the complete series and the movie. I need to look that up. Keep okay, going. back to trivia. trivia. MASH stands for... <laughs> Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. <laughs> they remained in U.S. Army service until 2006 when the last one was donated to Pakistan. Robert Altman says that during filming, Elliot Gould and Donald Sutherland together went to the studio and complained that Altman was filming too much of the secondary characters. They requested that he be removed from the film, but the studio refused. After the film was completed and he re- and received its accolades, only Gould confessed the matter to Altman. As a result, he received parts in other Altman pictures, whereas the director never again used Sutherland. Huh. <laughs> but you have to wonder, this was 1970? Yeah. How many drugs do you think they were on? Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not being judgmental. It was 1970 and they were famous. What do you want? I mean... They get a big head <laughs> and they're going to start yeah. going off on it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. 
Uh, the first take of the shot where Hot Lips is revealed in the shower didn't work because Sally Kellerman anticipated the reveal and was already lying on the floor when the tet flat went up. <laughs> to distract her, Robert Altman and Gary Berghoff entered the shower tent and dropped their trousers trousers while the shot was rolling outside. While Kellerman was staring at them, the tent flap was raised, resulting in her genuine surprise and shock when she realized what had happened. In the special double-disc DVD, they say that Radar is standing naked beside the camera, and that's the reason why Sally Kellerman looked so surprised when the flap was raised. <laughs> this was the first Radar movie to use the word fuck. Interesting. I like trivia like that. Uh-huh. According to Elliot Gould, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone revealed to him that he was an extra in this film. When Gould later told this to Robert Altman, Altman refused to accept this as, a, as fact because he was not a fan of Stallone's work. Ooh. Robert Altman sounds a little unhinged. He does a little bit. Um, Robert Altman cast so many unknowns that after the few known actors, Tom Scare, Elliot Gould, etc., the opening credits are entirely introducing. Like, introducing Gary Berghoff, yeah, introducing it does so and so. It's like everyone. Everyone is introducing. I just realized that. It's a good point. Robert Altman originally wanted Elliot Gould to play Duke Forrest, who was played by Tom Skerritt in the movie. It was only at Gould's request that he got the role of Trapper John, who's Captain McIntyre in the show and the movie, just FYI, in case people don't remember who Trapper John is. Also had a TV show of his own. In the opening titles, when a soldier carrying a wounded soldier on a stretcher and went... That sentence makes no sense. <laughs> there is a soldier carrying a wounded soldier on a stretcher, and when the soldier trips and falls down, it wasn't scripted. It was actually an accident by the actor who tripped over something. Robert Altman decided that instead of editing it out, it uh, to use it to foreshadow the dark humor theme as the f- movie's first small but real laugh. I would say that this movie is this movie is dark humor. That is, I guess it's not not to the extent that we know it as nowadays. And we've discussed about dark humor, but it is, it definitely does have an element of dark humor because it's, mm-hmm. it's making jokes in the light of a war and violence and stuff. So, oh, we were wrong about something, what? but I'm getting there. The operating scenes were almost cut out due to their graphic nature. However, two women were visiting the set, told the producers that the operating scenes were what made the movie and should be kept in. In reality, it's not that much more graphic than the TV show ones were. No. They're still covered in blood. Yeah, you don't see the people. You see them working on yeah. white sheets, basically, yeah, is all you're seeing. With blood, yeah. There's a couple of shots that are more close up. It's not like you see a stomach wide open and, like, like they're not pulling out organs. That was probably more graphic than the entire movie is yeah. my description of it right there. The story goes that Robert Altman was editing the movie with his editor, Danford B. Green. They had nude pinups on the walls of the editing room. The head of post-production came by and tried to stop Altman from using the editing machine as he was not a designated editor, and Altman threw him out of the editing room. The next day, a memo came down from the Fox front office stating a new policy that there were to be no pinups on the walls of the editing rooms. Altman took the memo to the sound recording studio and added it as one of the loudspeaker announcements during the film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they, because like right away in the beginning of it, that they, they had that. I didn't even realize that. G. Oh. Wood, who plays General Hammond, played the same character in the movie and the first three episodes of the TV series. Okay. That doesn't count, in my opinion. The first three episodes and the movie are not radar. <laughs> it's very true. Uh, 
generally you don't count the first four or five episodes of any TV show no. anyways, because it's not it's not the same. <laughs> Speaking about the troubles he had with the studio, Robert Altman now says this, this film wasn't released, it escaped. <laughs> Burt Reynolds turned down the role of Trapper John. Tom Skerritt recalled the dialogue was about 80% improvised. In order to create a different kind of atmosphere, Altman cast some of the parts from improvisational clubs who had no previous movie experience. Robert Altman didn't want Sally Kellerman initially because she was too attractive and he wanted unattractive actors. <laughs> well, he missed the mark with Donald Sutherland because Donald Sutherland was good looking in this movie. Just needed to grow his beard. <laughs> he looks really weird without the beard. Can't help it. But those eyes. <laughs> that man's like, what, 76? Yeah, he's old. His eyes look exactly the same. He's... You can't. There's no change in those. And it's kind of like... It's kind of like he's 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 drugged out. Like it's almost like half closed in some cases. It's something with well, the he eye. Probably is. Well, yeah, I know. But I'm just like like that's partially that's kind of the appearance that he's got, and it's yeah. I, I had no real point. I was just saying that's what they kind of look like. This is Gary Berghoff's film debut. Gary oh. Berghoff is radar for those oh. who don't know. Robert Altman was originally promised five points of the film's profits. After a disagreement between Altman and one of the Fox executives, the offer of points was taken back before production began. When the film became a big hit, Altman's agent asked for the points back. The studio was considering it when Altman was quoted in the press saying how much he hated working for Fox and he was never given the points back. See, this is why you don't open your mouth. He made, he was, he, they paid him 76 grand to work on that movie. That is just under half a million dollars in today's day. So for a director, that's like crap to make on a movie unless it's a really small independent film. In 1971, 20th Century Fox somewhat perversely reissued this film on a double bill, double bill with a very different kind of war film. Want to take a guess what war film it was? Patton. Yup. Oh my God. <laughs> Why would you do that? It is a completely opposite direction. Oh, no. Gary Berghoff is the only actor to play the role of Radar in four out of the five incarnations of the MASH franchise. In MASH, this movie, yep. MASH from 1972, would you like to know how you differentiate between the movie and the TV show? Didn't they use the, the asterisks? asterisks? are not in the movie title, they're in the TV That's show, what though. That's I thought. After MASH from 1983 and the failed pilot Walter from 1984. He does not appear in Trapper John M.D. from 1979. The next most frequent returning characters are Trapper John, who is in MASH and MASH, Trapper John M.D., and, or, and Trapper John M.D. from 1979, then Father Mulcahy from MASH, MASH, and After MASH. Gotcha. Although they were each played by three different actors. <laughs> That's nuts. So, see, they, people made a big deal about Frasier being in two different shows, when in reality it was Radar. That, that, mm -hmm. that actor, he made his living for almost, what, 15 years doing the same character on multiple different shows? The opening title sequence has a text that identifies the place as Korea. This was added at the insistence of the studio after Robert Altman had removed every reference to Korea, intending it to be mistaken for Vietnam, which would reinforce the anti-war statement. Because when I was little, I always thought they were in Vietnam. Yeah. I never realized that Korea was a thing until I got older and, that under, and looks, understood history. That looks like, to me like, but like Korea Vietnam. and Nam kind of look the same. Right. Depending and, on where you are. And they don't, I mean, the only thing that would remotely date it would Nam be... Nam was more tropical. Like the music. Yeah. You know, but, and they do make a comment, I guess, they do make a comment that they were three miles away from the front line. So yeah, that's more mountainy. 
that's not necessarily as the tropical, like you said, as as, as Nam was. But still, you could you could just be like, oh well, how many? Well, the average population didn't exactly know what Vietnam looked like. Yeah. So we do now. We do now because of pictures and the internet oh, and movies. Excuse me, and movies like Forrest Gump. Although and Platoon. Whatever, Although said on the front lines of the <laughs> Korean War, the only gunshots heard throughout the movie are from the referee's pistol during the intercamp football game. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Which is also the opening quote for today's episode. <laughs> oh, I love it. The loudspeaker shots and announcements were added after the editing process had begun and the filmmakers realized they needed more transitions. Some of the loudspeaker shots have the moon visible and were shot when the Apollo 11 astronauts were on the moon. Oh, that's cool. I suppose it would have been 69 when they were shooting it. Interesting. With its initial box office take of $41 million, MASH at the time was the second biggest grossing comedy coming in just below The Graduate, which is also on our list. How much money? Forty-one million. Is it? I'm assuming that was at the time. I'm assuming they're yeah. not adjusting for yep. inflation. I shall adjust for inflation. When the movie was released, the military wanted not to run their movie, the movie, in their theaters because of its anti-war message. The case went to the Supreme Court, which ruled the military could not withdraw the film for this reason. Instead, the military chose to run Patton in the following week, feeling the film was more complimentary to the military. <laughs> movie brought in two hundred thirty-seven million dollars. In nice. today's money. So, very good com- for a comedy. Yeah. That's nuts. This is one of the first films to be released on home video. In 1977, 20th Century Fox licensed 50 of its titles to a fledgling video duplication company called Magnetic Video Corp. Fox purchased the company in 1978, laying the groundwork for its current successful video operation. Interesting. Sorry, I'm scrolling. No, no, I realized I did not respond, and I usually respond and stuff. And That's fine. Stop talking now. Yeah. Oh, Donald. When Donald Sutherland's parents went to see the film, his father stood up and said, "Hi, Donnie." After the scene where Hawkeye <laughs> says hi, Dad, to the camera woman in the jeep. <laughs> and. Last but not least yes. of the interesting trivia, the beer the surgeons are drinking throughout the movie is Pabst Blue Ribbon. Mmm. PBR. Mmm. I like PBR <laughs> a lot. Really? I couldn't tell. You know what I learned this weekend? <laughs> what Another did you trivia learn? fact. Not about this um, movie. The Pabst Company yeah. bought Hostess in two thirds. That's a really great trivia. Bought pa- the Pabst Company bought Hostess in 2013. They are the reason that Twinkies are not extinct. Uh, I love Twinkies were saved by beer. I learned that from BuzzFeed. (laughs) I love that it was saved by beer. Yep. (laughs) Well, let me move on to the stuff and things with Jeff. Yay! Yay! I have one thing. I could not for the life of me come up with anything for this movie except for this one. And this is something that I learned about 15 minutes into the movie. Okay. (laughs) A new chest saw trumps sex on a pool table. A what? A new chest saw. Okay. That's it. But I think they said, I think they meant Trapper John because they said chest cutter. Is it a chest cutter? Meaning surgeon. Oh. Well, see, I, well, no, because I thought they were talking about a chest saw earlier that they needed an actual, like, saw for a chest. See, so if that's the case, then I have learned nothing from this oh, movie. Oh, no. Because there was nothing. I couldn't even come... I, it's MASH. I couldn't come up with anything funny for this or anything I learned. Oh, no. I, 
because your your summary was basically the whole uh, the whole. It's basically <laughs> college, and I didn't know that. Okay, that we took that one off the table. So yeah, well, that is all the things that I learned. Thank you, Lindsay. You're welcome, Jeff. <laughs> I have been completely useless in today's it's okay. episode. I'll go sit in the corner now. I'll tell you what I laughed at later. Okay. So, Lindsay. It's not, I'm not going to read it on there. It's fine. <laughs> Any other uh, final thoughts regarding the film? Final thoughts, final thoughts, final thoughts. I really liked it. I was genuinely surprised that I really liked it because I didn't think I was going to. Would you recommend it to other people? Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they've seen the show. Oh, yeah. I would yeah. recommend it's it. It's not going to ruin your no. your show experience. Again, if anything, I think it will just make you want to watch the show again if you yeah. haven't watched it in a long time. I do I do like the movie. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I heavily prefer the show over the movie. Oh, I do too. You know? But I still liked the movie. Yeah, I liked the movie. The movie was fine. I just, I think the show is better. Um, but, you know, again, the show had 11 years to flesh out stories and come up, you know, and, and the characters and, and the way the show was done. And it, it very much so, it had time to do it where this was the first preliminary one. And right. This is like, this is, this would be the pilot. It would be comparing like the, the pilot of a show to a show, to an episode four or five seasons in, where obviously that for, that show episode four or five seasons in is going to be better than that pilot ever is for most programs. Not all programs, but for most programs. So it's it's hard to really say, oh, I you know, this it's terrible and this this looks looks bad. I can't believe they couldn't they didn't do it better, but well, give them time. Plus it was also based on a book, so they just obviously the film adaptation of the book is different than the book and then the TV adaptation of the movie is different than the book and it's different from the movie. Like right. there's there's workings in it, so. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. really liked it. I liked it. I liked it. I don't know if I would want to read the book. I don't think I would because I feel like the book would be the same way. I feel, I feel okay. like the book would ruin it. See, I feel like th- that's a good... Okay, we brought up the point that this is basically... It felt like the show because it felt like lots of mini little stories. Mm-hmm. So now I picture in my head and, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But in my head, having never read the book, I feel like each of these little mini stories would be a different chapter in the book. Yeah. Like, I feel well, like and I didn't read. I didn't read this. the trivia fact out loud, but it was, like, the author based the characters on, like, their composites of people he knew or worked with or, you know, I'm assuming this was written you. by somebody who was actually in the Korean War or something. Probably, or in yeah. war, or in yeah. a war somewhat. Because the Korean War happened in the late, in the 50s? Yeah, I don't remember 60s? when it happened. Because they talk about it on Mad Men. And the and Mad Men takes place in the late fifties, early sixties. So it has to have happened. Can you look it up so I don't sound like an idiot? Well, maybe I'll. No, oh, I'm not gonna look it up now. <laughs> oh, rage! Hit quit. myself in the ear. Way to go! Rage quitting. I hit my industrial. Ow. Oh, way to go! It's okay. When did the my Korean War like happen? Five years old. 1950. Korean War began in 1950. Okay, I was right. So yeah. Ish. I was right. Ish. ish. You were right-ish. You know. I didn't say, like, oh, the Korean War happened in the 1980s, because that's when MASH was on. <laughs> I was, when I was little, I, I didn't understand that. You if that was, yeah. When I was little, I didn't understand that MASH was a TV show. Korean War was 1950, 1953. So, okay. Okay, I was wrong. It's the early 50s. All right. I said 50s. Here's something Because Mad Men takes place in the late 50s, early 60s, and Dick Whitman, a.k.a. Don Draper. Yes. Spoilers. <laughs> um, actually, you know that right away, but... um. 
was in the Korean War. So that's funny, because that means that... I has the caffeine. The show lasted almost four times as long yeah, as I think the actual that's a, war. I think that's a weird... Like, they say that, that MASH was... The TV show lasted even... Ran for... Because it, like, it ran for 11 years. Was it, was it 11? On, it was on from 1972 to 1983. Okay. So it was on for 11 years. Yeah, but more... should it really have been on that long? <laughs> No, because you get a lot of people who say that anything after, like, season six or season seven of the show is just crap. Which, again, you, you okay, there's arguments to that for lengths of program and how long shows should be on. And if you can keep original content going, my problem is with a show like MASH, I feel like after six or seven seasons, the show would start losing steam. Because how are you going to keep the same story going? But without bringing out, you know, introducing new characters and stuff, but... As of November 2011, the series finale of the TV show is still the most watched television broadcast in U.S. history. I'll say it. I thought it held that record. Watched by 125 million people. Which is... The finale aired from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. on February 28, 1983. In retrospect, The Beatles on The Ed Sullivan Show was watched by 70 million people. Yeah. So the finale of MASH... And Doctor Who holds the record for... No, not for most watch. It's the largest broad, simultaneous broadcast. Large simultaneous broadcast of a single television show. Right. Because it was broadcasted basically all over the world simultaneously. Just huge. Well, oh, Radar's teddy bear was sold at auction in 2005 for $11,800. See, I think that'd be something cool to own. Put it in a glass case. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah, that's Radar's teddy bear. Because mm-hmm. that'd be really cool. Actually, that would be really cool to own. Klinger was only supposed to be in one episode. <laughs> Oh, so it's so Klinger is up is right up there with like Urkel, where it was supposed to be a quick secondary character on the show that only did like one or two episodes and ended up being more popular, and they just brought him back and left him on the show. In an interview, Harry Morgan, who plays Colonel Potter, mm-hmm. said that he wanted to play Colonel Potter forever, <laughs> and he will. <laughs> um, I'm seeing just looking to see if they make a comment about the fact that because it was the. The war only lasted for what did I what did it say? The war lasted from June twenty fifth, nineteen fifty, to the July twenty seventh, nineteen fifty three. So just over three years that the war lasted for the Korean War. Oh, Jamie Farr and Ellen Aldo were the only two cast members who have actually served in the U.S. Army in Korea. Both of them did their tours of duty after the nineteen fifty three ceasefire. Okay, so it was the ceasefire. But yeah, all right, well. Well, anyways, Lindsay, what is the next movie on our list? What do we watch next week? Lindsay. I'm reading trivia about MASH. Well, no. The Deer Hunter. Next week. Is our next movie. Well, the don't Deer be so Hunter. negative about it. The Deer Hunter from 1978, <laughs> also a war movie about Vietnam. It's such happy times here. It's so happy. It's three hours and two minutes long. The Deer Hunter is that long? F my life. I, I can't watch that. a three-hour movie about Vietnam. I'll kill myself. But it's got Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken. An in-depth examination of the way that the Vietnam War affects the lives of people in a small industrial town in the USA. Starring Robert De Niro, Christopher, Christopher Walken, Walken, Fredo. <laughs> Literally, oh, right. I'm not joking. That's right. Fredo's in it. <laughs> John Cazale, also known as Fredo. John Savage, Meryl St- great Meryl Streep. She's not... Always in shitty movies. I don't like Meryl Streep. She's not always in shitty movies. As a person. 
I, I'm, I'm well aware. We've had this conversation about 30 episodes ago. <laughs> that has nothing to do with Sophie's choice. No, I know, but we had that conversation about 30 episodes ago. Oh my god, how is this movie three hours and two minutes long? It's like the only version of it. This isn't even like... Not even the director's cut? Nope. Well, we will be sure to watch oh that movie god. when we have plenty of free time. <laughs> we will not eat pizza when we watch that no. one. No. Lots of... But uh, I had pizza today, and I'm not, like, lethargic and dead. You also had two cans of caffeine. Yes, I did. That's probably why you're not lethargic. I also only ate half the pizza. That's also true. And it's a medium. Yes. And I'm taking the other half home to eat it there. All right. Well, the Deer Hunter's next week, everybody. So I can't wait for that. We have a, lo- a couple of really long <laughs> movies coming up. Hold on. So we have Deer Hunter next week. That's three hours. And two minutes. And two Don't minutes. miss those two minutes. Well, I'm hoping that the last, like, 15 is all credits. And that's uh, why it's so long. Taxi Driver. I'll look, here, I'll look up the movie. You, you give me the titles, and I'll look up the movie. Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver Taxi is Driver is... An hour 53. Okay. Uh, West Side Story. <laughs> I like we're both doing this sound. Two hours and 32 minutes. All right. And then... Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings! Mm. So... Deer Hunter, next week, three hours and two minutes long. But it's Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken. Hopefully they have just, like, bad guy offs the entire time. I've never seen Deer Hunter. I haven't either. So I have no idea what to expect from it. I don't either. I didn't know that was a Vietnam movie. I already am kind of leery of it only because it's so long. No, you can't judge that by length. I know, but... There's some things you can judge by length. But this is bum- not one of them. There's <laughs> just a lot of... Penis joke! <laughs> Taxi Driver is the next shortest movie we have. And it's what, an hour 50 something? Hour and 50, yeah. Three minutes and three hours and two minutes, an hour and change, two hours and two and a half hours for West Side Story, yep. three hours for Lord of the Rings, and then we have to watch Intolerance. Oh my God. So are we splitting Intolerance up into two parts? Oh my God. No, because that podcast won't be that long. I hated it. The end. I have a feeling Intolerance. No, we have to, we have to equal, give it equal ample time. So it'll be... We did give equal ample time to Sunrise a Song of Two Humans. Yes, we did. <laughs> I'm glad we're back into kind of modern time. I mean, like 70s era movies yes. now, because I was getting real tired of those. A uh, lot of old movies. A lot of the older ones. Well, anyways, on we're getting close to the 50 mark, and that's I exciting. know! It's exciting, kiddos. I'm happy. Oh my god. Oh my god, 50 movies! What about that, everybody? I didn't even think... Did you honestly think we'd ever get out of, like past like 10 episodes no <laughs> here we are 40 Movie uh, 54 40 we're 49 episodes we've done this is our 49th episode how does that work include well bonus episodes okay including the bonus yes episodes. that's why we are so high up on the list gotcha i'm like so, um yeah, so, that dumb math doesn't so work out the deer hunter is our 50th that dumb, dumb episode math work out. but not the 50th movie, movie because of the numbering system so right we kind of screwed ourselves a bit. But anyways, that's playing. You can't sing it while it's playing. Is that inappropriate to do with a high school orchestra? If you just play the music. Right, and you don't like... Don't get a choir to sing the song oh, Obviously lyrics. not. <laughs> or if you don't, like, you just make, like, do MASH just do the, theme. Just do the Don't write MASH. Suicide is Painless. And be- the, oh, maybe I should not do that. Because they list it... would be it, really pretty, though. Because they list it normally as the theme from MASH. Yeah. And then it's, if you list it, it's in parentheses, parentheses suicide, suicide is Painless. painless. But it's normally the theme from MASH. A 14-year-old wrote the lyrics to that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. 
Anyway, well, on anywho. that note... <laughs> goodbye, everybody! Goodbye! Um, I didn't get to say my thing. Well, you, your thing was slow. It's all uphill from here. And you didn't say this movie goes out to Radio Raheem. Good night, Radio Raheem! That is not what you are... Uh. This movie goes out to Radio Raheem. Radio Raheem, wherever you are. Mash? Lindsay is crying in her hands right now. You're ruining everything. I'm ruining everything. Make it rain. I made it rain. Make it rain is... A dollar! <laughs> I got a dollar. Oh, I owe you money. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, goodbye. everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> You're paying me. Now I feel like a drug dealer. I'm paying you for the pizza. <laughs> everybody, it's for the pizza. It's fine. I owe you Thank $15 you. for pizza. And you know what? You know what? Made it rain. Jeff just threw money at me like it was street walker. <laughs> Where'd that other dollar go? I gave you Hello, Internet Dwellers. This is Jeff Bell, president of the Ghost Hat Network, here at the end of this episode to give a quick plug about some of our other exciting shows. But wait a minute, Jeff. You have other shows? Why, yes, random listener, we do. If you head over to ghosthat.net, you can find a heap of shows we produce on a semi-regular basis. Like Super Happy Fun Time, the podcast where Colin Kirchner and myself sit one-on-one and talk movies, TV, video games, and other big things we care about. The Midnight Sleuth, a comedy detective mystery show in the style of old-time radio that follows the adventures of Midnight Sleuth and his partner, Linda Talbot, as they solve crimes, stop the bad guys, and poke fun at the source material. Famous Person Storytime, a podcast where celebrities retell their favorite nursery rhymes or fairy tales as best as they can remember it, even if that memory is completely wrong. So if you're in need of some new shows to listen to on your commute, while working out, or simply relaxing at home, be sure to head over to ghosthat.net now and subscribe to our shows. For more information about this and other projects, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net or like us on Facebook at facebook.com ghosthat.